Hey everyone, thank you for joining us again on the Call to Build podcast. Today I have another awesome guest um, who I'm very excited to have and her name is Donna Lassett. And I'm just gonna go ahead and let her tell you a little bit about herself and what she does and where she is from. So thank you for being here, Donna. Of course, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be uh, on this. I love your ministry and all that you do. So I'm very honored to be here. Um, me and my husband uh, were youth pastors in Portland, Oregon, and led a ministry called Generation Unleashed and led lots of young people. And that was our whole world uh, for many, many years, did worship recordings there and were kind of involved in that church at, on an executive level for many years. And then about 10 years ago, uh, God really put it on our hearts uh, to come to Denver, Colorado and to uh, plant a church and to start a church. So we started the Pearl Church about 10 years ago, and me and my husband are here in Denver uh, leading that church together. So that's kind of a little bit in a nutshell about me. All right, great. So basically, the podcast is about God using us for his kingdom and in little ways and big ways and just being faithful to that. So will you talk a little bit about when you first started noticing or knowing that God was calling you to something and just the journey that he's taken you on in that? Um, I think that I knew, I, you know, I come from a ministry family, coming from, from a missionary family, actually. Okay. Um, I felt that we moved to um, Portland, Oregon when I was in uh, sixth grade. And I knew, honestly, I think I know my whole life in some sense that I would be involved um, in ministry in some way. I just didn't really understand what that looked like for me. I loved people. I loved being at the church. I loved, um, honestly, I would have lived at the church many times. I just, even growing up, I loved it. I was very positive experience. Um, I have wonderful parents that really included um, me in all of ministry kind of life. And so I felt, I mean, I think there was different key moments uh, in my journey. I think I always viewed my call as being very, um, so on a supportive role. So I think the journey of like me discovering God's call in my life was, I really thought it would look differently than what it ended up looking. Um, I think I initially, I loved being in a supportive kind of role, both in worship. I loved, you know, playing the piano or singing behind people and like supporting people. I loved um, being part of a team. And then, you know, when the Lord came uh, and really, uh, spoke to my heart that he was calling me to lead in ways I was, I was very uncomfortable. And that's, so that's been my stories that I always knew I'd be called to ministry, but it just looked different than what I thought it would be. Never wanted to speak, never wanted to lead worship, never wanted to do anything publicly. That was like me doing it in that sense. Wow. Yeah. So how, how did you start? Did someone kind of push you in it for lack of a better word or definitely um I, I mean I'm very grateful my husband has had a huge role in that yeah. um, I think growing up I had different mentors and people that would push me and say that they would see things mm. you know on me but um I, I kind of would hold back a little bit and um so I remember probably the the biggest moment for worship for me was um, we had become youth pastors. We'd been youth pastors for a couple of years and we kind of inherited a, a youth conference that had, you know, a few hundred people in it. And um, so the conference time was rolling around and my husband 
really felt that I was supposed to actually lead worship one of the nights. Mm. So, I mean, I argued, I was like, let me just be a part of it. I'll lead the team. I'll, but I just don't want to be the lead worship. And I, you know, the guy that had done it for many years was way cool. And I mean, just gifted, anointed, and I loved just supporting him. And so, you know, my husband just really felt like the Lord had spoken to him. So we argued a lot and um, actually it's my most embarrassing story, but surrender to the call of God. But uh, he, we did rehearsal that night. So there's maybe, you know, something is up in me. And I, I was starting to honestly, what I would call probably now starting to have like almost a panic attack kind of a thing as the, as the night approached. And so about 10 minutes before the service was supposed to start, I um, did something really dumb. I decided, I, I literally decided I can't do it. And I panicked and I didn't talk to anybody. I just thought if I hide long enough, somebody like this other guy is going to have to do it. He's connected. <laughs> so, you know, we were in uh, this big kind of multi-purpose room. Um, and I was like, ah, oh, nobody's in the sanctuary and it's dark and no one would ever find me there. And so I went into the sanctuary. It was empty at the time and found the usher's closet and literally was in the dark, sitting on the floor of an usher's closet as the service wow to start. Wow. I'm just bawling my eyes out and I'm saying, God, I can't do this. Like, it's just, I can't do it. I'm not cool enough. You know, all the inadequacies that, you know, you compare yourself and, yeah. and, uh, I hear this voice, Donna, Donna, are you in here? <laughs> and it was my husband and someone had must've seen me slip in the auditorium. And at first, you know, I was like, I'm not going to answer him. <laughs> I'm going to wait it out. But you know, God's voice was loud, like answer him. So I answered him. And it was a very tough five minutes because he, he spoke from the Lord and he spoke something to me. So he came, you know, to find me. And I said, Doug, I, I just, I can't do it. I don't think I'm like cool enough. Kids aren't going to want to listen to me. Like it's just, you know, all just my list of yeah. negative things. And um, he just looked at me almost like confused and he spoke straight, I believe from the voice of the Lord. But he said, if this was about you, that would matter. Hmm wipe your face off and I'll see you in the room in five minutes. Wow. And I was so angry. And my first initial was like, you are mean. <laughs> and yet, man, God just spoke to me. And that was a wow. shift in perspective where my calling isn't about me. So often I think we view are calling me. Am I going to make a name for myself? Like, what am I doing for the Lord? And, and yeah. really a calling is surrendering to how the Lord wants to use you, whatever that looks like in different yeah. seasons. And so that really began a journey with me of surrendering to the call of God in my life. The same thing happened when he asked me to speak. He kind of tricked me one year at, you know, our conference had now grown and it was a few thousand people. And he said, Hey, we're going to do breakout sessions. And there's going to be like one of the classrooms. I'm picturing like 30 or 40 people. Right. And I even then was just sick for like three days leading up to it. So I went up to the conference coordinator and I said, okay, where's the classroom I'm speaking in? And he's like, oh, no, you're in the sanctuary. And I was like, nope, nope. <laughs> um, only to find out, you know, my first time speaking was like 2,000 people, you know, in the sanctuary or whatever. Um, and so I again had a little poor me meltdown and, um, and then just felt, you know, my mom actually met me and prayed for me and just felt like, okay, Lord, again, I'm in this moment. If this is about me, then I can throw my pity party and all my excuses. But God, if this is you, I have to surrender to that call. So that's been a little bit about my journey, a little bit kicking and screaming, trying to figure out what that looked like, you know? Yeah. 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 And I think that is so valuable because 
I think, and the Lord taught me a lot about that and just watching people's stories is the Lord's always after more surrender in us, you know, and I think actually if we will just say, I will give it all to you, it actually is better than we thought yes. holding on to it. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So recently I, I listened to both your beautiful talk and uh, your talk on Sunday okay. and um, you were talking about Ezekiel and the dry bones and Elijah hiding, which I can, I feel like I can relate to both of those, but as like, as you are ministering to, I mean, everybody, but women, um, what do you see that like we really need right now to just follow God in general or to step into our callings? Like, what are you seeing that people are maybe struggling with in that? I feel like the biggest, um, thing for women that, you know, as I pastor women and I love them so much, I see this almost sleepwalking zombie type thing that happens to women that, you know, some of those, the things, the dreams inside, the callings of God inside are, are so um, way back because um, we've filled our lives and culture um, to the brim. And so women are so busy and so tired and so worn down that it's almost like they're not awake, they're not alive. And I think what drew me to, you know, Ezekiel 37 is just that, you know, that's what I see sometimes is women are just laying their dry bones. And just my heart is to see women come alive again. Um, I think what is stirring my heart is the call to just the Holy Spirit, the awareness of the Holy Spirit, yeah. and to live a life that is uh, really aware of the spirit's voice. And that means you got to clear the clutter. That means you got to kind of face some things. And I think sometimes sleepwalking is easier, you know, in life. And it, it's just, you don't have to face the insecurities. You don't have to face the inadequacies or the comparisons. If you can kind of move into that, like almost, you know, it just, so you're not sensitive to anything. It's just go through life. I just got to get through the day. Yeah. I believe God is waking up uh, women in, as a whole to the what God is speaking to us. Uh, we would live spirit-filled lives awake with mission, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's so good. Can I just ask you, just really, it's because I'm personally curious, like, how do you cultivate your relationship with the Lord? Yeah, I think, you know, it looks different in different seasons. Okay. I think guilt for women is probably the biggest hindrance to a walk with the Lord. Yeah. So often, you know, we see Instagram and there's like a cup of coffee with a journal on a pretty table and, you know, just the right little plant right there. And you're like, oh my word, unless my surroundings are perfect, unless my kids are quiet, unless, um, you know, everything. And then that's your time with the Lord. I think the best way to cultivate a relationship with the Lord is to really picture him in your life all day. You know, yes, my life with the Lord is, I, you know, I have my routine. I have my way of um, coming to the Lord in the mornings, um, but in different seasons, it looked different. And there was seasons where, you know, when I had young kids that it couldn't be in the morning because morning, you know, whatever, uh, there's been different seasons. I remember when I was in college, um, I felt like my, my, really my best connections with the Lord were at night. But as I've gone through life even more, I realized how much the Lord wants to walk with me all day. So it's not just like my duty to do devotions in that sense. Mm -hmm. Lord, I want you to speak to me today as I'm driving. 
I'm about ready to, you know, meet with someone for work, or I am, I, you know, I have this anxious thought, Lord, would you meet me like here and now? There's times I close my office door and just have a little meeting time with God. It's not something that is scheduled even, or I, you know, I just, mm-hmm. I think we miss those, those moments with God in the same way I would text my husband and have that connection with him several times a day. Mm. How's your day going? What's your week? I think that's how the Lord wants to relate with us is, is, um, it's really breathing, you know, it's like a constant, it's, it's a conversation that just doesn't end. And I think that that has been a key for me. I think a key for me is getting rid of that guilt that it has to look a certain way. Mm, Um, I remember years ago, one of the things that hindered my relationship with the Lord was, um, we had a visiting uh, preacher in our home church in Portland, and he talked about having an hour with Jesus and that, you know, uh, it was so important to have an hour and he had printed out this thing. You need to make sure you go through the whole Lord's prayer broken up. And, and honestly, so some days, you know, I'd have like 40 minutes with Jesus and I would have such guilt the rest of the day mm. that I didn't meet the 60 minutes for heaven's sakes, you know, right that was the biggest hindrance that it had to look a certain way. Mm. And as I, the Lord just was so in my face about that. Like, why does it have to look that way? Like it can look however in different seasons. I think my best times when I had really young kids were on walks, they would fall asleep in the stroller and I would just talk to God the whole time. Mm. And my neighbors probably thought I was crazy, but I mean, it was like, boom, I, you know, I cannot be reached. I am on a walk and my kids are sleeping or whatever. Uh, different seasons, it looks different. And I don't think we can just force it in to, but it needs to be organic and real, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of that's, that's really good because I have also struggled with that. And I'm sure many women struggle with that to think that it has to look a certain way. But like you said, with, with our husbands, you know, we, it, it ebbs and flows through different seasons as well, you know? Yeah. And I just think that is such a freeing thing, especially from someone like, you know, yourself that's in leadership to say, you know, the success of my like life or walk with God is not like a formula. It's just dependence, Mm -hmm. you know? And yeah, I love that, that there's so much freedom in that to let the Lord lead and for grace when we cannot do hours upon hours, like maybe we think we want to even sometimes, you know? <laughs> yep. Yeah. And I mean, the discipline obviously plays into it. There's times where I have to get my butt out of bed and, you know, meet with God. Um, but if it becomes, that is my formula for mm. relationship with God, then it's like works and it actually yeah. does good fruit in my life, you know? Yeah. So, so, and as I'm sure you guys have many stories that you could tell, but I, w- I was just interested too. in like, what, as you are, you know, you're, you've built this church basically from scratch with the Lord, obviously. Um, but what are some, even like things that you've come against spiritually as you press into ministry and that, like, can you tell a little bit about like what it means to like fight in the Lord and what that looks like for you? I think, you know, if the Lord would have told me everything we would have gone through, I'd have been like, um, nope, I'm going to pick something different, you know, but what yet now I'm so grateful, um, because of those battles, Mm. God took me to a very deep place. Mm. You know, if it would have been a smooth sailing experience, um, you know, I would have probably taken pride in that. And yet I think what God has done and what were keys was, you know, 
where do you run? Where do you go in those dark moments when God gave you this vision? God gave us this vision. I mean, I had visions and dreams, like literally I'd wake up and I would see Denver, you know, on its knees before the Lord. I would see the Holy Spirit pouring out. And then, you know, we get here and the reality is there's 13 people in my living room and it does not feel like that at all. Okay. Right. <laughs> you know, so it's like not the glamorous road in that sense. And yet, you know, the keys in those moments is for one, to go back to God's word. God, you spoke this. I didn't create this idea, man. You literally sovereignly pursued us until like Jonah, until we moved to Denver and started a church. So, you know, in those moments, I had to cling back to the word of God. I think one of the key moments for me was I was reading one day, the parable of the talents. And I noticed that in the wording, it wasn't, um, what did, like, what is your return? It was, what did you do with what I gave you? Mm. And I think sometimes as we're, you know, building church or doing life or whatever, you know, we're built on a, you know, a result society. What is your results? How many people do you have in church on Sunday? How many people have gone through your discipleship class? You know, what do you have to show? And that's not what God says. Mm. He's asking for obedience. And several times I'd had to come back to, Lord, I am not, you know, it says the Lord is the one that causes things to grow. And so if this Pearl Church stays at, you know, 13 people in my living room, but am I being obedient to what God asked me to do? And that obedience to me is now like the most precious thing. Like, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. And I think it takes the focus off of um, what are the results? What is my success? How have we, you know, grown? And it comes back to, Lord, am I honoring you in this? So in those dark moments, in that fight, in that battle, when, you know, your eyes of faith see it, but your, your natural eyes, you know, don't see it. It's going back to Lord, I am free in this moment because I am answering to you. You mm -hmm. call this here, you know, you, I'd have to go back to words I'd written. I had to go back to scriptures God had given us and wrestle with that. I think one of the biggest um, moments too is worship is in those moments where you're you don't have the words you don't have the fight you don't have you just you know maybe someone you know in, in stages has left our church or betrayed us or hurt us or whatever it's like sometimes you don't have words to fight uh you know and, and I just go into that place I sit down at the piano I begin to worship and um I would see the Lord as my eyes would be focused back on him mm -hmm. that my spirit would be at peace again and I would lose my fear of man and gain this, you know, just this, the, this moment with Jesus where it's, Lord, I want to please you. That's, that's why I'm doing this. It's not for me anyways, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's so beautiful. And I think like, I was going to ask you, I'm, I, when I was in Denver and I saw you and everything, um, Doug preached this amazing sermon about humility. And it's just so clear how really like humble both of you are. And I was just wondering, how do you work on that? Or is it simply just keeping yourself in worship, like the importance of worship in our relationships with the Lord? I think worship is huge um, because that, you know, brings glory to the Lord. Someone said to us early on, if you take the glory for all the successes, then you take the blame for the failures. Oh, wow. And I think that that's something that is always present in our mind. Like even now that, you know, God has kind of blessed our church and we're this fruitful season and seeing God do such miracles this year. I'm like, 
oh my word, Lord, I don't want to take glory for this. Because then those years when it wasn't so, you know, favor season, it was hard. You know, I would have had to take the blame for every single thing that happened. I think that is a key. I think worship is a key. I think where your mind is, is a key. Um, um, Then I, I think one other thing that has always been in the back of our minds is I read this quote and I could be I can't remember exactly where I read it, but it was years ago ministry. And it was, um, I was at a wax museum and I, I can't remember if it was Churchill or there was two different characters in history. And one quote said five minutes with this person made you feel like he was the greatest person that walked face of the earth. And then the next quote for this other man was five minutes with this man made you feel like you were the greatest person that walked face the earth. And I think Doug and I, are constantly aware of, you know, as we're leading people, is it so that we get something, we get adoration, we have, you know, people come and be like, oh, you're such a great speaker, or or is our words, is everything and how we prepare and study and pray and preach, is it for the people to feel released in how God's calling them? And I think that's kind of like a guiding point for us. And Lord, I want people to come in and not be like, wow, beautiful ministry is awesome or real church or Don are awesome. I mean, then I failed. I want them to come and be transformed. I want them to become and be led to Jesus. I want them to leave feeling like in their sphere of influence that they can change the world around them. And so I think that has been a guiding point. Like God gave that to us early on in ministry and it's really shaped how we view, how we build, you know, um, how we build church. It's, it's for people. It's not for our kingdom. It's for God's kingdom. I think the Lord checks you all the time. And I think when you say to the Lord, I think another key is to say to God, if I am out of line, if pride has come in, if I'm taking the glory, Jesus, just check me. And, you know, he always does, whether it's a Bible verse that just slams you in the face or, you know, God uses people. Yeah, yeah, right. And you're like, and never mind, I'm not so great after all, you know, um, God, will, if that's our heart, our sincere prayer, God doesn't check. We don't have to even worry about that in that sense. If that's our heart and we keep going hard after Jesus, um, he will, he will do that. So, so good. So people who are maybe listening to this, they're following the Lord and they, they want to see his kingdom come and will be done, you know, through their life. What, what would be some advice or what is advice that you give to women that are on that path? They want that and they want to use their gifts or whatever the case may be. What, what's some things that you might tell them? I think the most important thing you know, if you feel like a calling to, you know, ministry or to speak or to lead or something like that, I think so often um, people seek that and they're, they're very much seeking that, that calling and Mm -hmm. and it turns into striving. And I mean, and I think, um, you know, we have to strive and give our all to seeking him first. And if we are trying to open doors for ourselves honestly, it, it, to me, it's not even fulfilling if they open. Cause you wonder, did I strive? And if I just strive so hard to get that door to open, then I have to strive to keep that door open. And now I'm going to have to like, try to be something all, you know, constantly that pressure. And so to me, it's like, I go back to God opens the doors, God promotes, God opens these things in our lives. I remember years ago, 
had been writing songs and, um, you know, someone's like, you need to get your songs out there. And, and, you know, there's a balance to this. I think God gives you a gift and you have to be a good steward of it. And um, I think that that is very important. I had to practice and be a good steward and, and listen to the voice of the Lord and all those, the work stuff. But, you know, they're like, you need to get your songs out there. And first of all, I didn't know how to do that. And second of all, I just felt this weird, like the Lord can do that if he wants to do that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'll never forget this moment. I'd had this conversation with someone about it and they're like, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to do this and I'm going to get my songs out there. And did it. I said, then you do that. That's just not what God's calling me to do. Mm-hmm. And then it was about um, a week later, I got a phone call and it was um, the producers at Hillsong and they had heard one of my songs and they put it on one of their albums. Wow. They'd come to church and been, had heard one of my songs because Hillsong was touring and they'd come through our church. And that Sunday morning, unbeknownst to me, they heard it. And, you know, I'm so thankful that that happened. Not thankful. It just really anchored me in the fact that God can do what we can't do. God can open doors that we cannot open. And when we just put our head to the Lord and we are face to the Lord, and we just pursue him. It is amazing to me the doors that the Lord has opened in our lives, doors that we could have never strategically tried to do. So then somebody, you know, people come to me, now, well, how did you make that happen? And I can clearly say I did not. So I have no information for you. Right. For pursue God. And if that's what God has for you and, you know, be faithful, be a good steward, walk through a door that the Lord opens um, in all of those kind of things. But if you strive to get it, you got to strive to keep it. And that sounds pretty much exhausting to me. You know, yeah, yeah. that is to me the biggest piece of advice in that. Yeah, that is so good because it's almost glorified the strive these days. Right. And, um, basically, like I'm on my grind and I'm going to like, basically, I'm going to make it happen. And I am the same way. I just I feel like just exhausted. And when I, I if I find myself in that striving zone, I feel overwhelmed with that that feeling. And I think probably that's it has to be common to many of us. Yeah, and we know when we drift into like dependence on the Lord and what you're saying, like, I just love that because I, I remember sometimes when I've taken breaks from Instagram and people will be like, oh, you'll get fall behind. You'll do this and you'll do that. And I remember the Lord just whispering in my heart, I don't need no stinking Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. You know, yeah, and like, if Instagram is making, you know, I've taken breaks too, where it's like, yeah my mind is not healthy. And you know, my, my mind is, you know, it's a key to so much. And if my mind is getting triggered, my emotion, I mean, get off of Instagram and God can still open up ministry for you without that, you know? Yeah. One of my favorite quotes that Beth Moore said at a Propel conference that I went to, she said, be committed to following the Holy Spirit, not to a calling. Yes. And I think that's basically what you're saying. And I think it's just so important to reiterate in our generational time to say, you know, the the Holy Spirit blows like wind, but he's trustworthy, you know, and it might not look like what we thought it was going to, but we can still trust him in that place. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I guess just to wrap up, um, is there anything that, you just have felt like is burning in your heart. Um, maybe it's some of the messages that you've been sharing lately that you just really feel like for the body of Christ, for women in general, like 
this is a message that the Lord has been placing on your heart? I think, um, you know, my, one of my life messages has been about the mind and our thoughts. And I think that that's always present with me, um, you know, to fill your minds, you know, but I think of late, what has been really burning me, which is why I spoke that message at a woman's conference, speak life is, is what are we speaking Mm -hmm. and what are we declaring? And, you know, we live in a generation that, um, loves to, you know, whine and complain and all of those kind of things. And I'm right there front of the line. I get it. But I realize, you know, I think I've, I've realized the power of our thoughts, but God is just in this season, like the power of our words, how much that we can truly, um, you know, it says words kill, words bring life and you read it and you're like, yeah, that's great. You know, I won't speak <laughs> death, but yet we do, we speak you know, like this is never going to work or I'm not good enough. And those are death words to us, but not just the power of negative words, positive, you know, positive words. How can we declare the word of God over our lives and our marriage and our job and our schooling or wherever we're at is that we would really be aware and cognizant and intentional about the words. And of course, that is going to go back to what's in your mind and your heart, because that's going to spill out in your words, because um, really the words are kind of a symptom. Um, if negative words are coming out. So you got to go back and do the homework. Um, I think something I shared with our women this year that um, I think is just literally a key in this is, you know, when you go to an airport and you have a metal detector and, you know, they'll look through your bag and make sure there's nothing bad in your bag that, you know, harmful or whatever. It's like our thoughts have to go through that same metal detector where it's got to go off. You know, you can't control that first thought. It was like negative. It was you know, discouraging or whatever, but you can't control the second one. And what are you going to choose to dwell on? Because I realize now just so much what is in our mind and our spirit, if it is not filled with the Holy Spirit, filled to the brim, filled with truth and a good report and filled with faith, uh, that's not just positive thinking. That's the word of God. We're so filled. Then what's going to come out of our mouth is going to bring life to others. And I think really God is waking up us as Christians and believers to be so aware um, that everywhere we are, we're a living letter. And so, you know, you're, you're hanging out with that woman and you realize, you don't realize it's a divine encounter. And so you can take that moment and courage and speak life. And, and really, I think really the Holy Spirit is pressing those things in, into my mind and my spirit and, to really be spirit led, to be spirit led, not just in the, you know, 45 minutes we're reading our Bible in the morning. Yeah, that's so all good. day long to be spirit led in everything that we do. And I think that's when we're gonna see cities like literally absolutely reach with the gospel. I think that's when we're gonna see the impact of the gospel go out, is when we really um, let that actively, but that takes some discipline in our minds and our thoughts and what we choose to fill our spirits with. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is is so good. And I just, I just, the, the idea of people just come, like you said in your, in your talk about the dry bones coming to life and creating this army. I mean, I think that's really what I want to see too, is just people coming alive in the spirit and being willing to do whatever he says on that day. Like, I just can imagine the impact that we could have for the kingdom if we were all alive like that. And I just pray that 
Yeah, you keep prophesying that over people, girl, like, so that our, like, we come to life, you know, and we, we do what we are created to do, um, and that we become who God intended yeah. when he, he created us, you know, to just be life bringers and hope and love and all of that. Yeah, I love it. It's so good. Amen. So good. So thank you so much. Is there somewhere that people can connect with you if they'd like to hang out with you more? <laughs> um, I mean, on our uh, church website, theprochurch.org, there's okay. some women's resources. So there's an app that we have also that if you click on the more button, there's a lot of women's messages and content there. Um, I've started a blog uh, a couple of years ago called Donna Lassett or donnalassett.org is the address. Okay. Um, I have, we've been in a huge transition as a church this year, so I haven't written in this uh, year, but I'm getting back involved and been doing some writing on that. So that's definitely a way that you can get involved. Instagram, Facebook, Donna Lassett on all the same. Okay. Twitter, okay. You know, all the I stuff. Will, I'll put all those links in the show <laughs> notes too for you guys. If you want to connect with Donna and um, I just want to say, Thank you for doing this. I, I know I don't know you super well, but from just what I have experienced of you and then my mom's, of course, endless praise of you and your church. Um, I, I wish I was there sometimes because I'm like, oh, I just feel like they're my people. <laughs> so it's for sure. From the first time I met you, I was like, yes, I love her. <laughs> so I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Cool. Thank you for having me. It's been an honor to be here with you today. Bye. God bless. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today and listening to the Call to Build podcast. It would be so helpful if you would rate and review this podcast if you enjoyed it and share it with your family and friends so that others can be encouraged in building the kingdom of God in their special and unique way. If you want to take a screenshot of your podcast app and put it up on Instagram stories, be sure to use hashtag call to build and I'm going to be shouting out others who are building God's kingdom. Thank you for being here. Now let's get building.